0: if my mom sends me one more posture corrector and says Ariana you need this I'm gonna lose it but honestly is she right? Do it no work?
1: your mother is not right I'm sure <laughs> okay. she's a wonderful person she's not <laughs> right about the posture corrector.
0: I'm your host Ariana and this is Hot Girls Have. Hello and welcome back to Hot Girls Have. If you're like me and you're hearing about women's PT on TikTok then you're probably wondering what the hype is. And did you know that physical therapy can help with better posture, painful sex, and your pelvic floor? Today, I'm talking to Dr. Dan Janator, one of New York's best physical therapists. We'll be talking about why physical therapy is important, some women-specific problems PT can alleviate, and why you need Taylor Swift's bra. Welcome, Dr. Dan.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so let's start with just an intro to PT. Um, What is it and who needs it?
1: I'm a firm believer that PT is the place you go if you're experiencing any kind of pain. As a PT, we pride ourselves in being the pain mechanics. If your car is making a noise, you have one place to take it. You take it to the mechanic. And we are the same things for all your joints, muscles, uh, anything that you might be feeling a little weak, a little tight, a little pain. The PT is the person to go to.
0: So then what is the most common injury you're seeing and how can we fix it?
1: That is a question that I get all the time. And I think people expect to hear oh, I see ankles most, or hips most, or the lower back most. But all injuries fall in two main buckets that I see the most one being overuse injuries, and one being an issue because the person has been too sedentary. So, either interesting,
0: meaning like work life balance and.
1: Right. Okay. Meaning that there is no balance between how much they're sitting at work and then right. how much they're sitting on the couch and then mm-hmm. sleeping at night. And then all of a sudden, all it takes is one little thing. And because their body has not been prepared for movement, now they're in pain. Okay. Or on the other side of the spectrum, you have your marathoners, you have your weekend warriors, you have your, your people that just people. do and do and do and do. And when you do so much, if there is even just the smallest little inefficiency in something, you run at the risk of, of breaking something down. Mm-hmm. And those are the two most common ways that people get hurt.
0: Okay. And then is there anything that's more common in women versus men, generally speaking?
1: Here in New York, I work with a lot of dancers and... Dancers and performers, for the most part, have gotten very good at dance because they are naturally very flexible. So when they start dancing at a very young age, they go through the ranks very quickly because their hips move and get in the positions that they need to get into a little bit easier than somebody else. And so when you get to the professional level of dance, whether it's ballet or contemporary or even on Broadway, the thing that sets the women apart from the men is their injuries are often due to some sort of hypermobility, hyperflexibility type of type of onset.
0: Interesting. So, is that something that, like, how do, how does one prevent that?
1: How does one? Pre- Great question. <laughs> That's what I work all that day my with. Job. <laughs> so, the more a joint moves, the harder it is for the muscles to control. Right. You can imagine that if your elbow only has a limited range of motion, it's pretty easy for the muscles to control because you're not going through that much. It doesn't take mm-hmm. that much work. But if you have a joint that moves way more than it was ever meant to move, those muscles have to work twice as hard to keep everything controlled and keep everything where it belongs. And so mostly what we work with in these athletes is strengthening their joints at these different ranges of motion that are required of them with what they do for a living.
0: Interesting. So it falls back on the strengthening and less on the proper warming up per se. 100%. Okay.
1: Because. These athletes are already as flexible as they'll ever, they'll ever need to be. Mm-hmm. Stretching isn't going to help them. They're already doing a pretty good warm-up. They're already doing a pretty good cool-down. Cool for the most part, their muscles just are not capable of maintaining stability in something like a split or something like a high kick or something like a fan kick. And building the muscular control to do those things is what ends up helping their pain.
0: So for anybody listening to this, would you say then that in order to prevent something, it's really... A good idea to focus on strengthening the area around it.
1: For the most part, strength will fix all issues.
0: So now that we have kind of a general overview, let's dive into women specific physical therapy. So let's jump right into what is pelvic floor PT and who needs it? This has been all over my TikTok page. I'm not sure why. I don't know what it is. Tell me about it.
1: Pelvic floor PT. And just to be clear, I am not a pelvic floor PT. <laughs> I work with amazing pelvic floor physical therapists who have filled me with all kinds of knowledge. But as a as a beginner intro to pelvic floor PT, every pelvic floor PT has their doctorate of physical therapy, or their equivalent of a doctor physical therapy, if they graduated physical therapy school, when they were only giving out a master's, and they had to do a very, very intensive continuing education to give them the knowledge and know how and sensitivity to deal with something like the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor is basically the the core muscles and the sensitive muscles down below, Mm -hmm. and they are equipped to deal with everything from pre- and postpartum, pain with sex, especially painful menstrual periods, Mm -hmm. uh, even urinary incontinence or any type of incontinence or any other weakness or issue that you might be experiencing in the more sensitive areas.
0: So... Pelvic floor PT can help with painful sex. 100%.
1: How? If you were doing a squat and you felt pain in your quad, Mm -hmm. you would more intuitively know, oh, my quad is tight. Something needs to happen. I need to roll it out. I need to stretch it. I need to strengthen it. That's how I'm going to reduce pain with this movement. Sex is really no different. It's just that because there's not a lot of education around it, a lot of women that experience pain with sex have convinced themselves that that is just how it's meant to feel or that is just how they're built when that not is not necessarily the case. And when you see a pelvic floor PT, they can find the equivalent of your quad being tight with a squat. Right. By doing a really in-depth exam of your pelvic floor, finding areas that are a little tighter, a little bit more hypertonic, mm-hmm. and they have the tools needed to reduce and relax and improve how you feel in that area with that with that activity
0: so what are some of the things that somebody might be prescribed by their pt
1: there's a whole host of things i know from talking to my pelvic floor pt friends that Mm. kegels are way over prescribed and oftentimes are not gonna fix what you will need to work on Uh uh and that is the main thing that people know is like, oh, I have a problem down there. I'll just start squeezing it all day long. Mm-hmm. Like that'll work. <laughs>
0: that and it does doesn't It doesn't do the trick. Okay, good to know.
1: Pelvic floor PTs have a wide array of things that they can do with their hands. There are internal exams. They can enter those areas, feel around and do massage techniques and do hands-on manual techniques to release that. Of course, if you are not into that idea, you can always turn it down and they can find other ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. But that is more so what they have learned in that very intensive continuing ed. I I don't feel like I can speak on it too much, mm-hmm. but they have access to a whole host of things they can do hands-on and then there are a lot of specific exercises that they can do. I know that there are vaginal weights and there are other tools that you can use to work out that area the same way you work out any other muscle gotcha
0: tell me a little bit more about some challenges that individuals might be facing on the day-to-day that might be uncomfortable or maybe semi-painful that pt can help alleviate but people just don't realize that they can go see a physical therapist
1: i think intuitively people do know that they can see a physical therapist it's just When you start feeling some sort of discomfort and some sort of pain, I think the first thing that people think is, oh, this will just get better. Right. I'll just wait this out. There's no way that this is going to stick around forever. And then before you know it, it's three months have gone by. Mm -hmm. And that thing you felt when you woke up in the morning three months ago is still around. And now- You've just convinced yourself that, oh, I guess this is just something that I feel. exactly Instead of trying to do something about it, you just say, oh, I can't go do that thing. That will hurt my back. Or you drop something and be like, ah, I can't pick that up. That'll hurt my back. Mm-hmm. When I think the the thought should be, if you're avoiding things that should be pretty normal for you, please see a professional about it. Because especially if you see us early and we get to the, the issue before... Any sort of other compensation start taking place, it really can be a pretty quick and painless, quick and painless time to, to get back on the right track.
0: I can't entirely speak to this, but I will say there's so many times when I've seen, you know, my dad accidentally tweak something and he'll just take some Tylenol, call it a day, it's okay. And as the days go on, I can just see that it's not getting better. And that makes sense. I can I can see that. Do you think there's any kind of stigma associated with people coming to see? A PT,
1: a hundred percent. Because when you see a PT, there is some level of vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going into a place, and you are admitting that something hurts, and you were not able to fix it yourself. It's the same thing as if you have a parent that thinks that they're the, they can do all the plumbing. Right. I've got it. Right. (laughs) I I know how to use a wrench. Uh My dad taught me how to use a wrench. I can fix it. Mm -hmm. That's a tough time to then call the plumber because you couldn't couldn't fix the plumbing. Mm -hmm. And I think the equivalent of that is every day we wake up and we live in our bodies. We've been living in our bodies our entire life. We feel like we should have ownership of our bodies. And when something goes wrong, we either think that our body will fix it all by itself or we can fix it. And it does take a certain amount of vulnerability to say, I couldn't fix it. Mm-hmm. And I I respect that, but I also don't think that it should be the stigma because every other practice for the most part that works on pain is external. A doctor is gonna give you medication, a surgeon is gonna fix something. A lot of other practitioners fix something with something other than just your body. And in PT we're trying to maximize how much your body can do for you. Mm -hmm. And so you shouldn't feel vulnerable going to a PT. You should feel empowered that you're going to learn how to work on a pain with nothing other than just the power already in your body.
0: Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about, um, I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but how yes, one PT is for everyone Mm -hmm. Two PT is something where if you're already in pain, definitely go see somebody, but you can see somebody preemptively. Talk to me a little bit about that preemptive side of things. Like, should I be seeing a PT on the daily? Like, should anybody just be seeing a PT as part of their, like, weekly routine?
1: That is not recommended, I would say, (laughs) unless you have incredible insurance or you do very well for yourself. Okay, great. And practicing in Midtown Manhattan, we have a couple of those. Right. That can just afford to come see us all the time mm-hmm. and get their bodies worked on, and that's all they need. Mm-hmm. I think for the average person, all you have to do is just recognize the first sign of something, and I would say never let anything go on longer than a couple weeks. Okay. If you feel a little something, and that little something sticks around for a couple weeks get in to see a PT because that PT can probably figure out in two visits. Mm. If you let those two weeks drift into three months, now all of a sudden that's something would've, that would have initially taken two visits is probably going to take three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it's more of the earlier the better and recognizing when that pain comes on rather than doing it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it comes to your videos, is the goal of your videos to – Um, provide people with resources to where they can self-diagnose or self-help or is the goal of your videos to provide them with a space and an opportunity to come in and see you
1: kind of both I want first and foremost to help people realize that there is an answer there is an option Mm -hmm. that pain that you feel like is a mystery pain that will never be figured out I'm going to tell you an option of what it might be mm-hmm. and how you can do something about it. First and foremost, there's something that can be done. I you always don't
0: have to live with pain. You don't have you to. Don't live have this. to live with this. This is not a
1: mystery, right. and you are not alone. I can't tell you how many times I post a video. It's multiple times a week, and there are comments upon comments of, "How did he know? How did he know I have this? really? How did?" How did the algorithm know? Be like the algorithm didn't know anything. You're <laughs> dealing with something that's very common. Right, it doesn't have right. to be like this.
0: That's crazy. Why do people think that it's so that things like because that are nobody
1: so talks common? about it. Uh, Everybody suffers in silence, mm. and so they think that they're the only people suffering, and it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Most pains are very common, and when I put it out there, I want to first and foremost tell you that you're not alone. Right. This is common. There are a whole bunch of documented stuff that you can do about this and if the little stretch or the little exercise that I included as supplemental information is enough to do that, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. I've gotten a lot of comments that, you know, I try to post on certain subjects once every three months or whatever because new people see it all the time and it is common and it always does well Mm -hmm. and I'll post on one subject you know, three months after the last time I posted on it.
0: What are those subjects then, typically?
1: Things like IT band pain yeah, or right. rotator cuff discomfort or Achilles tendonitis or plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis it yeah. could be, it could be anything, mm-hmm. but I'll post on that. And then somebody will say, I saw a post that you did on this three months ago. I tried doing the things. I feel a hundred percent better. Like, thank you oh so much. Oh my gosh. And all it is, is just, all I do is provide on the videos, like, one or two little things that you can do. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, that's all they ever need. So it's about empowering people that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like this and a little bit of stuff that you can try. But then also knowing that, well, if this guy knows what's going on. right? Chances are there's a PT pretty close to where I live that also knows what's going on. Right. And if the one or two things that I threw out there isn't enough, then you know that you have somebody in your area that you can go see.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so empowering. Okay, so now I want to get into something that I think is pretty funny. So on TikTok, you shared a video about Taylor Swift's posture corrector and bra. Do we need this? Does no, everybody need to be buying it? No,
1: it. really. And the whole point of the video was that she did not need it. So first of all, it was I not promise a, I watched it. It was not a <laughs> it was not a posture corrector. It was more of a posture encourager. Mm-hmm. So what it was was this sports bra that had tight areas of the bra in the right places that would gently encourage her to keep her shoulders in a a back position. Mm -hmm. But the bra itself was not strong enough to hold her in that position. It was more so just like a constant tap on the shoulder be like, hey, better posture. Hey, better posture. Hey, better posture. Mm -hmm. And so it was more about her doing the work because of that gentle encouragement and also the insane workout regimen that right. she had, A- absolutely, and her dedication, her dedication to being absolutely perfect in all aspects of not just the choreo, but what she looks like when going through the choreo, mm-hmm. that is what helped her posture. And that's what I tried to get across was, it was not this one hundred and seventy dollars sports bra that gently encourages your shoulders <laughs> to be in the right way. It was her absolutely insane work ethic, okay, that got her posture where she needed to be.
0: What are your thoughts on posture correctors in general? Because the, I swear if my mom sends me one more posture corrector and says, Ariana, you need this, I'm going to lose it. But honestly, is she right? Do No, the work.
1: your mother is not right. I'm sure <laughs> okay. she's a wonderful person. She's not right about the posture correctors. Okay. If you are going to get a version of a posture corrector, the kind that Taylor Swift had was probably closer to the ideal than otherwise. Mm-hmm. You want to be gently encouraged to get things in the right place. So my favorite form of a posture corrector are the the little, the little guys that you can stick to your back. Oh, yeah. And anytime it senses a little bit of stretch that you're rounding, it just gives you a little bit of vibration. Mm-hmm. And then that's enough for you to get back in the position. And that way you're using your own muscles to keep you there. Okay. The trap you can fall into with a true posture corrector, something like straps that actually hold your muscles back mm-hmm. is if you rely on something that strong for any period of time, you're basically telling your body that. Your shoulders can stay there without any help from your own muscles.
0: Oh, you're not really training. You're
1: not training your muscles. And what can happen is if you rely on that for long enough, you're now weakening all of your posture muscles. And the second you now stop using that posture corrector, you no longer have the ability to hold good posture for any period of time because you've effectively deconditioned your muscles for weeks or months or however long you relied on that posture corrector but when you do something like taylor swift did or you do something like that little device now you're just you're you're being reminded it's like to a be gentle there,
0: reminder but, but right. you're
1: using your own muscles to get there and mm-hmm. that's the big difference
0: mm-hmm. i see so generally speaking when it comes to poor posture what's something that because i know i mean i definitely struggled i still kind of struggle with poor posture what's something that you would tell somebody if they're struggling with kind of the effects of poor posture because i know that you get some aches and ailments when it comes to poor posture.
1: So here's something fun. Tell me. Your posture actually doesn't matter. Really? There is not one single study that has been able to show that it is poor posture that leads to your pain, tightness, and discomfort.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Instead, it is far more likely the fact that you've been sitting for four, five, six hours that is the source of your pain or discomfort. There's plenty of studies to show that sedentary behavior leads to poor posture or leads to discomfort. Sorry. There's not one single reliable study that has been able to show that posture is the cause. And so instead, Wow. I know. Oh
0: my gosh. Isn't that fun? I feel lied to.
1: So of course, posture is good for some things. It makes you look more presentable, maybe. Or, you know, there are some. Mental health benefits. If you're sitting in a better posture, you feel better about yourself and you probably perform better. So that's esteem, self-esteem, confidence, confidence all, all the weight look good, feel good, play good. Right. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it probably is not leading to your discomfort. So if you're working on your posture to avoid discomfort, instead of working on your posture, spend more time finding ways to get up out of your chair, to move around, to fidget around if you have the ability to work at a stand-up desk for a little bit and then sit at your desk and then maybe sit in a different chair, mm-hmm. varying your body positions is way more worth your time and way more likely to reduce pain than focusing on your posture because research tells us that if you sit for three hours in terrible posture and sit for three hours in really good posture, it doesn't matter because either way you were sitting for three hours right? and you're just as likely to develop those, those symptoms of pain and discomfort.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, so on the heels of that, are there, is there anything else that maybe we all think? Is that is actually a lie? (laughs)
1: I mean, that was probably my best okay. <laughs> We're being honest.
0: So now I want to hear about some interesting stories from your office. So tell me about, obviously, we've been talking about root cause and how important it is to actually get to the root cause of something. So tell me about a time when maybe there was somebody in your office and you were helping them and they thought that one thing was the issue when in actuality, once you got to the root cause, it was something totally different.
1: So I think I have two really good ones. Okay. Uh, the first one that comes to mind was a woman that came to me that was convinced that she was dealing with plantar fasciitis. She had pain in the bottom of her foot, right around the heel. It was worse in the mornings. It was worse uh, after sitting down for a long period of time. A lot of the hallmark signs of, of plantar fasciitis she was presenting with. hmm she had been to physical therapy in the past. She has t- she had tried all the at-home stuff. She was rolling out on the frozen water bottle. She was stretching. She was, she was doing, doing all the things. She it was doing it all. It wasn't helping. It wasn't touching it. Okay. It wasn't touching it. And anytime somebody comes to me after seeing a bunch of other professionals, it makes my job really easy. Mm-hmm. Because they've already told me everything that doesn't work. And because they've seen so many people and done so many things... That's a lot of that's a lot right. of things crossed off. So right, I'm like, right. perfect. <laughs> you tried a bunch of stuff that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's basically one thing left that I can currently think of that it might be. So let's treat that. So the pain that she was having on the surface looked, walked, talked all plantar fasciitis. I get that that's what was treated in the past. But when I pushed on the bottom of her foot, it didn't elicit the same things that other cases of plantar fasciitis that I've seen in the past and it took me back to my neuroscience and the they're called dermatomal maps mm-hmm. basically every area in the lower body that has sensation ties back in to a nerve root back in your lower back and so you know this front part of your thigh is coming from the L3 level of your lumbar spine the bottom of the heel is the lower lumbar spine so i said i'll tell you what You've already been doing all this. It's not working. Let's try something completely new. I'm not going to touch your foot. I'm not going to do anything with your foot. The only thing we're going to do is treat the area of the lower back that supplies the nerve in your your heel area. Mm -hmm. We'll do it for two weeks. And if all we treat is the lower back and it starts getting a little better, then we'll know for sure. Like that's it because you haven't been touching the foot. We'll just do the back. Right. Sure enough. In two weeks, she had felt more pain relief than she had really? had in months and months before.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And we ended we ended up finishing that case without touching her foot once.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: We only touched the lower back. We only worked on the lower back, and it completely took away her, her heel pain.
0: Wow. Something else I do want to make sure we touch on is if somebody does want to go see a physical therapist, what are three things they need to know before they just go and see someone?
1: Three things. The first thing is you do not need a prescription from a doctor for the most part in the United States to see a physical therapist and have your insurance cover it. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked lately, but I'm pretty sure we are now at the point where 50 out of 50 states, you can see a physical therapist without a prescription. You can call them up, make an appointment. You're good to go. You can get right in. Okay. The second thing that you need to know is every physical therapist has a niche for the most part or at least they have a certain thing that they are comfortable treating at the clinic i work at currently we specialize in dancers performers and very active people things in that in that realm so if you don't fall in that bucket you may not have the best time in that clinic Mm -hmm. but there is a clinic for you just take the time do the research find out if there is a pt that is out there that is comfortable treating what you're dealing with. And number 3, listen to whatever they say. <laughs> you're taking Just time- do your homework
0: yeah. basically. You're
1: taking the time to go there. Right. You're putting your trust in this person. You owe it to yourself to give it the full go, listen to everything, do as you're told and chances are things will work out pretty well.
0: In your opinion, what makes a quote-unquote good physical therapist? Like if I go and see a physical therapist, do I what are two things that I can ask them to ensure we're kind of on the same page and this will be this will work out?
1: Instead of asking them two things, ask them everything. Ah. Ask them everything. Okay. A really good physical therapist will have no problem answering all of your questions and giving you confidence in them that they are comfortable treating what you have if you ask a lot of questions to any practitioner for that matter, it doesn't have to be a PT. If you come in there with a list of questions and they kind of brush you aside or don't really give you the time of day, that is not, that is not somebody that you should be treating. Mm -hmm. That is somebody that may have lost their love for the practice or maybe may not be in it for the right reasons, or is at the very least overworked and can't, put the time and effort into answering your questions. Mm -hmm. You should be able to ask your practitioner anything and everything, and they should be able to give you a real good answer.
0: I love that. As it should be.
1: As it should be. Agreed. It should be the norm. Mm
0: -hmm. So we love ending every episode with one key takeaway that listeners can drop in their group chats. What is yours?
1: My key takeaway is that most people feel discomfort because they're not moving enough. And the best way to move your body is in a way that you enjoy. I get asked a lot, what is the best form of exercise that I can be doing for my body? And the only answer is something that you enjoy because that's what you're going to do. And so instead of stressing out about finding the perfect exercise routine or the perfect this or perfect that only think about what fits in your schedule and do you enjoy it enough to do it on a regular basis? Nothing else should matter. And then if you end up developing some kind of pain or issue or whatever, see a PT so that you can get back to doing what you love. Because the thing you're doing in the first place is something you enjoy.
0: Amazing. Dr. Dan, thank you so much for being with us today. This was an awesome conversation.
1: I was, It was great. Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Hot Girls Have. You can find anything we mentioned in our show notes. Want more? Visit our website or check out our social media. This podcast is brought to you by Belly Welly, leading the charge in women's gut health.